welcome to Massage Therapy Without Borders. I'm one of your hosts, Cal Cates. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely and talented Kathy Ryan. And today we have an incredible guest with us, uh, Dr. Donelda Gowan, who we're actually going to let introduce herself. Uh, if you're Canadian, if you don't know who this person is, you might want to push that rock off of yourself and, and check out the scene. Um, but uh, I think in America, you're not as well known to us. So I'm really excited to share you with our U.S. audience and, and uh, to have you tell us a little bit about yourself today. Hmm. Well, thanks so much for having me. It is uh, truly a, a pleasure to be able to talk with you today and to take this time to to connect together. And uh, I will say I, I have had the uh, great pleasure of working with the Massage Therapy Foundation uh, over uh, the time of my career. And so I have, uh, I have great respect for uh, our American colleagues. And so I really do appreciate your, appreciate your, your podcast, the work that you're doing, and, and thanks for, for reaching out. So sure, I will introduce uh, myself. I uh, have a diploma from the Canadian College of Massage and Hydrotherapy in Sutton, Ontario. I graduated from that school in 1986, and that launched me into an incredible uh, now 34-year career as a massage therapist uh, here in Canada. I hold a Bachelor of Arts Honours degree in Psychology and a Master of Science uh, degree in Community Health and Epidemiology, and I have a doctorate in Population Health Sciences, all from the University of Saskatchewan. And I am the Associate Director for the Centre for Integrative Medicine at the uh, Department of Community Health and Epidemiology in the College of Medicine here at the University of Saskatchewan, and I hold an adjunct professor, uh, adjunct professor appointment there. I'm also the research chair for the board of directors of the Massage Therapists Association of Saskatchewan, and I am the chair-elect of the Canadian Interdisciplinary Complementary and Alternative Medicine Research Network, INCAM for short. I know that's a long uh, moniker. <laughs> <laughs> so those are those are the three uh, main uh, roles that I that I bring to the table here today. I'm a health services researcher. My main research interests are massage therapy, of course, pain, uh, integrative medicine and uh, interprof interprofessional collaboration and I'm very keen on knowledge translation or transfer as well. Excellent. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, and thank you. I mean, truly, it, it can't be said enough. Thank you for the gift of your, your time and, and wisdom. And, you know, as we were talking about before we started today, just the, the commitment to, uh, to um, pursue the level of education and involvement that you have really is about serving the greater good. And I, I feel like um, it's so important to have people who have studied the things that you've studied, population health and interdisciplinary um, collaboration and things through the lens of massage therapy. You know, I feel like so much of what we try to do is we take people who don't fully understand what massage therapy is and we try to bring them on board and, and to, to bring their knowledge and their wisdom about whatever it is that they study into our world. And, and I think there's certainly value in that, but there's something about something particularly valuable about coming to the table, having touched thousands of people in the way that massage therapists touch them and really being able to understand how massage can be part of these bigger institutions. And um, yeah. I think massage is so often understood as a service industry in the United States, at least, that we're not looking at what um, health 
looks like in a broad scheme and sort of how even though you know the healthcare industry um it kind of has a bad rap certainly in in the us that there are a lot of people within healthcare looking at how do we promote health and how do we look at this in a bigger way and i feel like the the types of study you've done in in terms of actual research but also an academic study really will help us unpack those and and make yours a voice that um we can look to to understand where should we spend our our finite energy in how to move things forward yeah well and 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 that's a great endeavor isn't it (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah i i agree it's a and and what an interesting time i will say what a fascinating time to be a massage therapist and an epidemiologist um and uh you know applying knowledge that i wish i never had to apply (laughs) right in in terms of this pandemic situation Um, but also you you bring up some really important points about uh, population health and how we need to have a particular lens uh, where we can look at uh, health and health care and health uh, services and the health of individuals versus the health of populations and I would agree with you i think it's I think it's a bit of a missing piece in our history and in our um, scholarly development and so yeah i'm I'm happy to contribute that's 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 why i that's why i um, took on the task of graduate school. I'm very, I'm, I'm very upfront about that. I, I, I took it on because I wanted to contribute more. Uh, a mentor, uh, Kathy uh, uh, Ryan will, uh, will know my dear mentor, uh, Trish Dryden from, uh, from Toronto, Canada, um, encouraged me at my, uh, in my attendance at my very first research symposium. Uh, she said, uh, uh, go get the formal education and contribute to this field. Thank you. <laughs> I sort of ran and that was suggested to me. So I appreciate that you ran toward it instead of away from it. Um, so, so we've, we've gathered you here today uh, to, um, to see if we can get, a, I guess, maybe a little bit less theoretical about the opportunity that is presented to us in um, our sort of uh, the requirement that we stand down right now. And I feel like, you know, we have a couple of large tasks within that. And one of them, of course, is um, a lot of us are not working. I wish I could say all of us are not working, but I know there are some people who are still um, you know, out there seeing clients and um, that's another issue that we've already tried to tackle. But um, we're not working, but we're not settling. Um, we're very busy in our not working. And, uh, you know, I know as at HealWell, we've been creating online courses and really trying to transition our live content into online so people can access it. And, you know, we're seeing interest, but I think what we're seeing is like you said, just sort of like this glut of, oh my gosh, there's so much out there. I'm going to bookmark this. I'm going to get back to this later. (laughs) And sort of like, you know, we know this is going to last a while, whether that means months, a year, um, there will be a period where we will go back to some level of work. And so how do we right now, what need, what can we do with this time to be productive so that like when the train is ready to leave the station again, more people are on it and more people have the same map about where we're going and sort of what do you see as the, um, what can we do with this time in a, in a like concrete-ish way? 
Okay. Well, I, I, I certainly have, you know, as everybody else is, I think, given that some, some thought. And, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly am happy to, to give you my input as to what I think, you know, would be a valuable use of this uh, uh, pause. Uh, Kathy, uh, Kathy and I talked about it as a, as a plot twist. This is sort of a fascinating plot twist in the story of, of, the, <laughs> of, of the field of massage therapy in the, in the Western world and, and, uh, you know, and, and what do we do with this pause. And so I, I'm happy to provide that input, but before I do that, I, I might just sort of sh share, you know, just kind of for fun, some of the things that, that I've been doing. And it, and it is exactly as, as, as you said, you know, we're, we're in this situation where we're experiencing almost this embarrassment of, of riches, where we have, you know, a little bit of time and we've got brilliant people around the world producing materials for our consumption. And uh, so, and I'm aware that we have to be a little bit careful with that that you know that we that we that we pace ourselves <laughs> so so that, so that you know we're not we're not burning out or burning ourselves out in our in our time of pause but i wanted to tell you that i am taking this opportunity to do all kinds of learning and uh, and i want to say also that i'm not i'm not diminishing I, I don't want to in any way diminish you know the angst and the anxiety and the hardship that that people are feeling because i'm i'm very you know i'm very aware and, and and I want to be respectful about that, but uh, I'm having a bit of a blast with all of this uh, learning um, that is coming my way. And some of it is uh, completely uh, unrelated to the field of massage therapy, but I'm gonna argue <laughs> that all of our learning and all of our personal development and all of our work that we do to nourish our minds are going to be valuable when we come out of this for our work as massage therapists and as researchers and as educators. So I have been engaged in all kinds of, of fun learning. I've been working on Spanish. I picked up my guitar again. I've got a putting practice mat in my living room. I'm working on my golf. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it is an opportunity for all of us. I, I hope to, you know, to be able to, to give ourselves an opportunity to, you know, take some deep breaths and both, both quiet our mind. Oh, I'm, I'm doing um, meditation on uh, YouTube with um, John Vervecki from the University of Toronto. It's brilliant. I'm working out like a fiend. I've got uh, online training with um, my, my dear niece in Ontario, who's an RMT and a, and a, and a trainer as well. I'm doing boot camp on FaceTime live. I've got Zoom meetings with a personal trainer here. I am going to be jacked by the end of this, <laughs> this, this, this pandemic. But I'm sharing that because this is an opportunity, no kidding, to, you know, take some deep breaths and try to gain some insight from all of these, uh, these weird contradi contradictions that this, this pandemic is bringing to us. And, and you know, this is an, this is an opportunity, if, if I can use the analogy of, of the traffic circle, you know, the, this, this field, we, we may be on a traffic circle, and I'm going to say that I think in, in, in my decades of experience here, we've, we've spent a lot of time just going in a circle, not, not, a, Amen. Not, not actually, not actually driving on a traffic circle where, where I reminded Kathy, like there are exit points. There's places right. you can get off. You can get off. Right. <laughs> and no, this is more of a hamster wheel. You're just trapped in. 
Yeah, no, I think we need to be done with the hamster wheel. I think yes. we need to we need to to use the analogy of a traffic circle and think, okay, where do we want to go? So thank you for those questions. Um, because I think this is this is what I'm going to do with my time. I'm 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 going to to reflect and I'm going to build and I'm I'm going to hopefully contribute more. And and I was thinking about the contradictions because again, it's this you know, this, this epid, epidemiological lens on things that is just so weird. So, so the first kind of contradiction that, I, that I've been, been musing about is that here we are at a time where there is ongoing and increased suffering in the world and massage therapy is not an available option because right. it isn't safe. Right. And how peculiar that as a field, we have paid so very little attention to safety <laughs> and we have argued against our own power mm. by failing to respect harm that can be done. And now we're living in an experience where safety is front and center in the most obvious way. Yeah. So that's something that, and I, my, the, the topic of my doctoral work was exploring safety issues in massage therapy and uh, Kathy Ryan and uh, her group in British Columbia were instrumental in contributing to that work and I'm so grateful for that and I'm going to take this time where we're in a period of uh, slowdown here to submit some papers for publication so there needs to be some rubber meets the road uh, time for me in contributing that as well but there's a contradiction that we're dealing with and what a funny, what a funny time. The, the second sort of related contradiction that, that you know, I'd love to discuss with, you know, with, with, with you and with, with others who are thinking about these things, we, we're at a time where in our history, where we're more evidence-based, we utilize science uh, and uh, scholarship uh, in this field better than ever, and yet we've created so much confusion and unnecessary complexity in trying to understand our value and, and understand our contribution. And we need to take this time in this, in this pause to think about how we're going to extricate ourselves from that situation, if, if I'm correct, that, that, that that's what we've created. You know, we've, we've, built our, we've built our education system, we've built our, our, then our subsequent practice, we built even our, our, our regulation and our legislations around you know, a, a premise of, okay, our value lies in, okay, we've got this condition, um, massage therapy produces this effect. You know, we use, um, uh, as Kathy and I've talked about, we, used ve we use very poor language. You know, we're, we're talking about um, effects and conditions because that's, you know, that's what we, we have in our grasp. You know, we talk about, you know, boosting the immune system um, uh, and, and our, our language belies any subsequent claims that we really have a good grasp of what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I think you just said so many things there um, that are really important and that, um, you know, I, I feel like one of my struggles in all of this and, and I was, <laughs> I was simultaneously, I swelled with pride and felt deeply disheartened when I was looking at papers that you had written and participated with and there was a paper that I was reading very excitedly and somehow in looking up all of the papers I had thought that this was a more recent paper but it was a paper from like 2006 where you were talking about steps forward and I was like oh we're still 
talking about these steps, right? And so I'm really curious. Um, I, I, I want to simplify that last thing you said in particular, because I think that, um, and maybe, maybe the way to do it is you guys were talking about this a bit before we got on. Um, talk to me about like, what do you mean by unnecessary complexity? Um, I think I know what you mean, but I want you to tell us like sort of um, why is it unnecessary? How do we make it less complex? Yeah, well, I, I think that it's maybe time for us to, to just get um, in this slow down time to get some really thoughtful scholarship going about massage therapy. So, so I, have, I have three ideas about, uh, about that. Shall I lay them on you? Please. Can you see, can you see me clapping? <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> okay, well the, well, the, well, the first thing relates back to, to you know, my little, my little story about my, how I'm filling my days with, uh, with all of this uh, um, learning and, and development. So I think what we can do to, and, the, and this goes honestly to, to reducing the complexity, I hope so, I think we can take this time to focus on some thoughtful self-care and, and self-actualization and then apply those personal leadership principles to, to our field, to our leadership of the field, but also to the practice. And so, you know, I have to, I have to tell you, I, I mean, I've been, I, I've been reading Heal Well material and one of the things that jumped right out is your idea about uh, self-awareness in caregiving. So, so I'm not kidding when I say that, you know, all of these things, this, this, you know, learning a new language, this, you know, <laughs> uh, working out this, this meditating, I, I actually, you know, I'm taking time for self care, where I'm doing, you know, all of the things that I've resisted, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on the floor, you know, you know, stretching and, and, you know, doing all of these things and taking this time. So there's a self awareness component there. And that's one of the things that, that I think that we need to do. I'm going to suggest from the literature on, on mindfulness that that quietude in its own right reduces complexity. So maybe we need to take some time to get quiet and to become uh, introspective and um, use our interoception to create some insights. And I think in and of itself that, that training the mind should help to reduce some of the complexity. So that's sort of the, on the individual level. But I also will say, you know, collectively, I, I think we, we can invite ourselves. I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my own language. I, I took part in just this brilliant um, discussion on, um, um, well, it was polyvagal theory. And I asked the, the expert about, you know, the, the should language. And she was encouraging us to, to get out of the language of what we should do and instead it, our nervous systems appreciate it more if we invite ourselves to explore yes. the possibility of and I, I so appreciated that lesson so so I'm not going to say what we should or shouldn't do because uh, don't I, shit I, on us <laughs> you know and this and this no shooting and you know and the thing is too I I, I do I, I I you know I will 
I will apologize for for any time in the past where you know where where we've done things you know um, from from a research perspective or a leadership um, um, perspective in any way that you know that has been see, perceived as sort of you know aggressive and uh, um, that's you know we have to change the flavor of that as well so I'm going to 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 say I'm inviting myself and 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 uh, um, um, all of you um, colleagues and peers and friends and, and you know all of the people that are engaged in the field that we can take this opportunity to think really hard about the scholarship about the you know the frameworks the theories the models and this is where we have to you know get a bit serious about operationalizing and, and defining key concepts and and making this our foundation and we're poised at a at, at a position in our history where we can do that you know yeah. and 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 you you know you're kind to to recognize that you know there there are those of us who um have you know done some of the, the formal training work where we can now start to uh, contribute uh, uh, to the field. So, um, so I, and I wanted to say that, that this, the second part of that in the scholarship piece that I think we can invite ourselves to take this time to, to engage in, I have this idea around um, exploring integrative massage therapy. So, so I mentioned in my introduction that I'm the associate director for the Center for Integrative Medicine. And uh, I, I, I wonder if we need to, or we might think about exploring how um, massage therapy can can integrate itself sort of in, you know, in, in, in three ways. So we have this idea of integrating massage therapy into, you know, the current dominant healthcare system. And, and, and I know that's something that, that, that Hillwell is, is um, working at and excelling at. But also, I'd be interested in having a conversation about how we integrate what's good yes. <laughs> from the dominant system into massage therapy. And you've already spoken about it, interprofessional learning, um, research. How do we integrate the best of the scholarship? You know, and not just what's known, but ways of knowing. You know, this is our opportunity to, to utilize uh, ways of knowing from other systems of knowledge. Um, we have access now to understanding a wide um, body of knowledge from other disciplines, other fields, other philosophies. So I think this is a really good opportunity to, to start to, to do just that, do the heavy lifting, have these conversations. So that's th those are those are my my two um, main ideas. Can, can can I can I charge on with my third, and then we can? Yeah, I, I think so. Kathy, are you are you willing to concede the floor to Dr. Gowan? <laughs> Always. All right. Excellent. <laughs> okay, and, and and then and then I and then I want your uh, and then I want your input. So here's my third idea of what we can utilize this pause for. I think we can utilize this pause to bring some humanity back to massage therapy. And so this is where we, we, we may be in fact going in a circle, but in a good circle. Maybe this is where we're circling back. And so listen, I've been reading Hillwell stuff and this is all the stuff that, you, that, that Hillwell <laughs> is talking about. Right. So you talk about, um, you know, with your community, you talk about contributing positively to the human experience with and without illness. You talk about fostering excellence in massage therapy's role in the future and how humans will care for humans. And you talk about bringing more ease and comfort into the experience of illness. 
skilled hands easing pain and anxiety, creating a better day through more peace and less pain, you know, changing the human experience. So there's a whole untapped area for, for massage therapy and, and pain management. So one of my areas of, of interest in, in research is, is pain science. And I listen at interdisciplinary conferences to all these other fields talk about managing procedural pain, managing transitional pain. And of course, I'm wiggling in my seat thinking, okay, this is an area of untapped contribution for, for massage therapy. But that's another topic and, and perhaps a topic for another day. But this idea, and again, I'm coming back to Hillwell and what you've been saying, mobilizing hearts and mobilizing minds. So this is where there's an opportunity to bring some humanity back to what we do, which I am pretty stoked that this also relates to reducing the complexity. Making things simple, more simple by bringing back some of this aspect of what is the true value that we that we provide here and i think that's a piece that we've that we've missed and you know i want to say too like all the, all of those sort of three ideas that i have about you know bringing humanity back to massage therapy and you know exploring integrative massage therapy and looking at you know uh, how does self-care and self-actualization uh, how do we use, you know, this pause to, to contribute positively? In my mind, those things are all interrelated. So if I give you an example, you know, from medicine, there's a drive in research to understand how, how being um, skilled in self-compassion, uh, how that relates to increasing empathy, which then relates to providing better care, which then provides to better patient outcomes. So I think that's quite an, an interesting piece that that might be missing all, all of the all of these ideas i'm hoping relate together and and kathy and i've talked about you know we've got the skilled touch nobody would argue uh, argue otherwise it's 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 something that we've curated and developed beautifully and maybe now we can invite ourselves to think about some skilled thought and uh, some skilled talk yay <laughs> to all of that yes you know pam pam and i kind of touched on this in the last uh, episode about how when pam and i were part of the um project group updating the interjurisdictional competencies for our our national education and training platform that when when i looked at what we were talking about it it occurred to me that really nothing much had changed since i went to massage therapy school in the 80s. So I think part of our circle has been, and you know, I've heard people kind of bristle about, um, we don't want to lose our history. Massage therapy has been around for a really long time. And, you know, and I think this speaks to the skilled touch piece. Um, and, and when I'm asked, what's one of the most important things that I do, me being a self-proclaimed science nerd, I say, just be present. Be present with the patient. It starts right there, you know, regardless of all the science, usually fascial that I yammer on about, but it's just being present. But I think, I think one of the things that we really need to do as a profession is we've got to modernize. And I think Donalda identified those pieces. We've got to modernize our, our thinking and our talk. And that doesn't mean that we completely scrap our history 
or all that is valuable in our, our education and training, you know, that we've identified as our national competencies. It's not what we're saying, but we, we've got to modernize. And I think this pandemic situation <clears throat> has brought us to a place where this potentially could be the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. that we really start to think about because uh, when when Donalda and I spoke uh, about a week ago you know and, and her phrase was an interesting plot twist could any of us have imagined you know we could have imagined a pandemic but one that stops the hands cold and one where the hands that you know we vis- envision ourselves as helpful and healing potentially being lethal I mean, I don't think any of us could have really envisioned that. It is an interesting time to, to, to direct the story too then, right? Remember, remember that book, the, the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure? Do you remember yeah. that? From, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, uh, this is where we get to use this plot twist. <laughs> right. Well, and I think it's really interesting because for us in so many of the courses we offer, we, we bang our heads on the wall sort of, you know, philosophically about how do we stop you from doing so that you can just be? And the universe was like, oh, hey, I have an idea. How about a global <laughs> pandemic? Um, and that, you know, when, when you talk about, I feel like this is one of the places where, you know, I think there are different cultural, uh, there's a different cultural ethos in Canada than there is in the States in some ways. But at the end of the day, we're all humans. And when I, when, when you guys talk about this idea of don't forget our history, um, it takes me back even to something that Danelda said earlier about sort of the quietude reducing the complexity and sort of, um, you know, you were speaking individually, but I think one of the struggles we have here is that when we're talking about don't forget about the history, it's don't forget about me, person who's been here for 30, 40, 50 years, who wrote blah, blah paper in, you know, 1972 that nobody remembers. And I personally want to be remembered for my contribution and, and that, you know, we've seen some things happen in the profession here in the States that, you know, uh, 10 or so years ago, two of our regulatory agencies, one sort of, I feel like emerged as like, oh wait, so our job is public safety. We are going to be in charge of the state exam that makes it able for you to practice. And that had been a large revenue stream. This other exam had been a large revenue stream for one of our other regulatory agencies. And I think the profession panicked. And I think the organizations and sort of the collective ego of each organization responded to what felt like a threat. And instead of sort of just taking <clears throat> feet and saying, okay, something big just happened. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for the profession? this one organization is now really coming into its mission and saying, wait, basic licensing is about public safety. It's not about elevating the practice. We're actually in our lane doing what we need to do. And we're freeing up this organization that was started to elevate the profession and set a higher standard to do that. There was such concern about staying solvent and staying relevant that there wasn't a pause. There was just an immediate panic about How do we create revenue? How do we show that we're important to the profession? And I think it became distracting and almost like, you know, we were cruising through the traffic circle in first gear and suddenly we put it into third gear and it's like, oh, we can't even get off the exit because we're going too fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not willing as leaders and as organizations to say either 
the time of this organization has passed or the previous work of this organization was valuable at the time, but now it needs to pivot. There's just not an ability as a profession or as the organizations within it to say, okay, what's needed? How do we best use our energy? And it's not about work that went before not being important or valued. It's really about staying, keeping your eyes on the ball. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think even in the, you know, sort of quasi political realm, we can, I, I'm, I think, you know, I can apply my, I can apply my, you know, three sort of thought points to, to, to how we can, you know, make some positive movement in that regard too, because, you know, when, when I hear you, you, you sort of speak about the, you know, the, you know, recent past and, and present circumstances, I mean, I think we're all aware that in our rich history, we have, you know, we, we have an, a number of traditions that have, um, that have brought us to where we are here. And, and, and I absolutely have respect for those traditions. You know, in, in Canada, we have very much a, a European driven um, uh, education background right so so we have you know the um, uh, traditions from um, um, manual manual medicine I guess it, it, for lack of a, of a better word um, and and the hydrotherapy and and uh, the gymnastics is what you know sort of the remedial exercise that'll make some sense to uh, to Kathy I think from our uh, you know from our from our long ago um, uh, curriculum in in massage college, but then you know I'm also you know very respectful you know in in the states there was you know very much this influence of the human potential movement and the fact that we have you know um, brilliant philosophers trying to understand uh, health and well-being and how we apply that to um, to health services and, and health care. So I I would suggest that we can you know we can take those three points this idea of you know um, how does uh, self-care and self-actualization apply to our current predicament and uh, um, um, problems and how does you know an integrative massage uh, uh, therapy how does that you know help to you know take the best from from um, both worlds and how do we how do we get back to that humanity uh, where we have uh, respect and a willingness to do what I think you're describing is to, um, you know, lay aside um, some of the um, uh, unnecessary um, polarizations and, uh, you know, dismantle some of those um, um, unnecessary um, silos. And in, in interprofessional education, and I'm sure you're aware the, the catchphrase is learning with, from, and about one another. Yeah. And so I, I would like to see that, you know, within, within massage therapy, this could be an opportunity to, in a time where we do embrace that. And, and, and for me, that's part of the full, full circle too in my own career, you know, and, and uh, you know, and I, 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 I apologize uh, also, you know, for any of my former selves that have been, <laughs> you, know, you know, very, you get, you know, you could, at time you can be a very, you know, very black and white and, you know, potentially dogmatic. I don't know what I've, ever been too dogmatic I'm a bit too much of a rebel for that but um, you know so 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 I so I would say you know we're at a period of time in our evolution where we can even shed our own former selves and yes uh, <laughs> yeah well and I, I think I mean we're we're sort of laughing and I, I think I know that part of my laughing is because I I 
I, one of my deepest hopes for this podcast is that it invites massage therapists to, to have these conversations and that, you know, the stuff we need, the knowable stuff exists. Yeah. Our problem and our inability to implement some of these ideas that we have are really about the self-awareness piece and about sort of like making sure that recognition lands in the right place and that, you know, power is in the right hands. And there's sort of like, I mean, I feel like part of the invitation you're offering in this particular episode is that like, don't do anything quite yet, or at least not to change the profession. Like in this, in this exact moment, and maybe this moment is a week or a month or like, just let the spin slow down um, and see when you can achieve some level of stillness what needs to be done? You know, I feel like there's almost a panic right now. Like, oh my God, we have this amazing opportunity. Let's seize it. And we're just squeezing it till it can't breathe. Right. And you know, what happens if we really do go play the guitar and draw pictures and meditate and sort of like, you know, we're all worried about how we're going to pay our bills. And that sort of low grade panic certainly adds to the ongoing sort of sense of, you know, feeling frenetic inside, but that, we, what if we really just like turned the machine off for a little bit and sort of when we go to turn it back on, we turn it on engine by engine and sort of say, oh, do we need this still? Does this still work? Why, this thing exists because this other thing doesn't really work. If we just take out this other piece, do we still need this piece? And I think that, you know, maybe a deconstruction is almost, you know, what we might find yeah. we need. Yeah, oh, I I love that idea, and, and I think that's a I think that's a, a really nice encapsulation of of that idea of allowing insight uh, to occur, and and I think Kathy had the you know Kathy had the you know for, for the for the exit point um, you know Kathy um, you mentioned about you know modernizing, and so yes absolutely so 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 when the insight has you know has been coming to me in the quiet time and in the, you know, in the um, quiet, you know, quiet adventure um, uh, time, then um, that ability or that, that um, you know, direction of modernizing. So we have all those things that you've talked about. So this, you know, bringing the, the, the just being present, you talked about that, Kathy, and, and, uh, and Cal, you talked about, you know, sort of just being. So, uh, you know, the principles in, in scholarship, as you know, are you know therapeutic alliance. Um, uh, all of the aspects that are currently being studied in other in other professions. So, so and what they've done is integrate thoughts from other philosophies, from other movements, from other um, uh, traditional knowledge systems. Yeah. And, 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 and we have that opportunity now too. And I think we are doing that, but I liked what, what you said, Kathy, about modernizing it. So I'll take it one um, step further and say, we've got to nerd it up. Yeah, it's nerded up. Oh, Definitely. What, is, what does that look like, you nerd bags? What would it look like to nerd oh, it up? Oh my. I'm just going to jump in really quickly. You know, I, Danelda, I think one of the points that you made for me, I think is one of our, a really important exit point, And that is that collaboration is, you know, goes in both directions. Yes. I think part of our issue as a profession has been, as we've kind of prided ourselves on being separatists, 
Um, and I think part of it might tie into, Cal, you had mentioned the last time about our lack of, of self-confidence or self-esteem, you know, part of our professional identity piece. So I think part of it is, is that if, if we want to have interprofessional interaction, we've got to be willing to listen to other people's perspective. And how can we take the best of what they got and incorporate it into what we do and not just trying to take, this is what we do and shove it down people's throats. Yeah. You know, so I, th I think Donaldo, that piece about the, the collaboration going both ways, I think that is a very important exit point for us to consider. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I'll add that, that the contradiction there to me is that this is a time where we have to be bold, and humble mm -hmm. yes they're not antithetical no i think this is part of our struggle is that we take these very nuanced concepts and we make them concrete and and that there yeah that there can be real power in boldness that's based on humility mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and that boldness can be asking the questions yes and and, and not being um because I think, I mean, I'm always asking the questions and, and getting the Heisman, you know, and sort of, it's the choice to sort of peek around the hand to be like, no, for real, what do you think about this thing? And how do we, yes, it is a hard problem. That's why I'm asking the question. And both this can actually be, you know, persistence and kindness and sort of, you know, an unwillingness to be deterred from yes. really asking the hard questions. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and I think we're quick to build, I don't know if this is a Canadian thing too, but we love a task force in the States. You know, we see a problem, we get the smart people in a room and we say, fix it, write a paper, tell us what to do. And I feel like one of the things that hasn't worked, we have had the smartest people. I mean, I looked at the people who collaborated on the paper that, um, that I was reading earlier today. And I mean, these are people who, are the voices these are people who have experience who are open but as a profession we're really talking about a willingness to undertake a paradigm shift and a willingness to move from doing to being and and noticing our unconscious bias about mainstream healthcare and the mainstream healthcare mm -hmm. providers and sort of mm -hmm. i think what you're saying kathy like it's really you know we say well one of the best ways to sort of learn things that you didn't get in massage school, but that will really help you is to sit in on a physical therapy class, you know, audit a nursing class about physiology or anatomy. And, and, you know, therapists will say to us, well, you know, I don't want to learn it the way they learn it. It's the body. What you're going to learn is the knowable stuff. You know, I mean, certainly you'll get it maybe from the nursing perspective, but sort of what are your stories about nurses or what are your stories about doctors or PTs or, whoever it might be that are making you inaccessible, um, mm -hmm. that new information can't get in because you are crossing your arms energetically mm -hmm. about that exposure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that, uh, um, that offers an interesting, well, be an interesting research uh, question. You know, what are, what are the characteristics of the context uh, in which that's all been uh, successfully weeded out. 
you know, so, so I, th I think it, I think it does exist. You know, I, I was kind of grinning to myself when Kathy said, you know, we sort of pride ourselves uh, or historically have, have um, had some pride in our, you know, our, as, you know, in our separatist uh, ways. And yeah, and sometimes in, in some, some context, we've done an appallingly good job at that. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but there are also... <laughs> <laughs> However, I will say, as the um, uh, optimist that I am, there are also contexts where um, that has been weeded out, uh, where uh, where we our contributions are valued, and so in terms of moving forward, I think you know what we what we need to do is we need to you know put put in the forefront um, the, the, the cases and the, the, the thought where things are working well. Mm. And, uh, so, and, and to do so in a respectful manner too. And I mean, you know, we, we, we joke around about some of the, um, you know, issues and problems, but, um, you know, we are, as massage therapists, we are, you know, we, we, we are, most of us are heart driven, you know, we, 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 we really do, we, we, you know, we care about uh, people and we, you know, we're, we're, we, we, I think are, are hopefully thoughtful about um, our actions and our words and our, and our, and our thoughts and how they contribute. Um, but I think that we, you know, we, we, we need to maybe be applying some of those things, um, you know, uh, to ourselves and to our, to our field. You know, I, I had a, a conversation once with a, a Buddhist monk and it was just such an amazing opportunity. It was when I was a graduate student and, and um, you know, this fellow was, we, there was a small group of us invited to have a conversation with him. And so I said to, to him, I said, uh, you know, um, I have always found that after experience of massage therapy after you know having massage therapy that, that truly you know the, the world just seems like a kinder more gentle place yeah and uh, you know he he got this you know rather you know beautific um smile on his face <laughs> I, I don't know whether they train for that beautific smile yeah, right. i don't know how that you know, how exactly that that happens but i'm i'm assuming that's the the natural consequence of that inner quietude that the rest of us are are, are trying to seek in this uh, in this pause uh and of course, everybody else in the room, you know, looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we can, we can, we can use this time to, to, to do as you've suggested uh, to Cal, to just um, be a little bit uh, quiet, uh, allow the insides, insights to, uh, to, to materialize, and then, and then contribute. And one thing I will say is that we have, like we do have some amazing contributions already. So how do we go about um, um, applying these things? So, you know, you, you, we, we have individuals that are producing amazing work for the field. Field. Um, and of course, I, um, knowledge translation and evidence-based practice is one of my areas. And we're not alone in any way in our uh, research knowledge gap. So, you know, yeah. we, we have to appreciate that, that this is not a unique thing to massage therapists. It is, it's across the board and it's not even unique to healthcare. All fields struggle 
with the application of new knowledge. So creating new knowledge is hard enough in and of itself, but applying new knowledge is uh, incredibly difficult. But massage therapists are no um, uh, worse at it than, um, uh, than anybody else. It's very, very challenging to uh, uh, shake up uh, our um, beliefs but we've got an opportunity to do that now um and and maybe that piece about um you know self-reflection would allow us to you know just just give ourselves permission to to not only think more expansively but also to use what's already been created you know, we do have some some terrific work. I, you know, I was thinking about framework and models and theories, and uh, I see that you've been talking to uh, ABK and um, uh, Blair Kennedy, and uh, you know, there there's some there's some work that has been already created. Uh, let's let's start to use that. Yeah. yeah, and and I think Kel made that very important point, and and sadly the task force uh, concept is not exclusive to the U.S. That exists here <laughs> in Canada too, yeah. in a in a big way, and certainly in our profession, you know. So I think one of the things that maybe we can really do during this pause is really look at okay, what are the actions? What yeah. are the first most critical actions we need to take? in order to start to really actualize this change to really we've got great information out there how yeah. do we now take that information and really put it into our educational system to to really start to actually take the steps to start this process so yeah. maybe one of the things we need to think about within our profession is who are the organizations that need to get behind this in order to drive this train forward yeah yeah, and, I, and, and how do we invite the organizations yes. in a way that is not about, I want to say that I spearheaded this, that sort right. of, you know, that your voice is important among the voices. Um, and I think, you know, one of the questions that came up while you were talking as well, Kathy, is sort of, it occurred to me this morning as I got yet another email from a small business support organization. We're having a webinar today to tell you how to understand the legislation around and it's like none of these organizations are talking to each other they all want to be the one who gave you the best information and instead of saying how do we just create the best information together because i think about we're having this conversation and i wonder where else like i connected this week with nikki monk and you mentioned ambler kennedy and i've reached out to a couple of other people that i feel like think about this stuff we're all thinking about it but we all think that what we're thinking is like, I'm gonna do this thing because nobody's doing it. And it's like, no, everybody's doing a little bit of it. Yeah. So what's the best way to synthesize and to really, um, yeah. people always ask me, how do I start a nonprofit? You don't, you find a nonprofit who's doing kind of what you wanna do and you figure out how to collaborate because you don't need two boards of directors doing overlapping things. And I feel like this is a place where we have a great opportunity to put our feelers out and say like, who's doing stuff like this? And how do we, how do we really synthesize the, these ideas and move them forward in an egoless way that brings massage therapy to the place that I know we imagine it can be and that many others imagine it can be, but just don't know how to get it there. Yeah, and I think that speaks to Donaldo's point about being bold and humble. 
Mm-hmm. So we, we need the humbleness in this and that it's not one organization or one person that waves a flag and says, look, look at me, I did so good, I pushed this forward. Yeah. I, I think we need a healthy dose of humble in that and really focus on the value of the cause yeah. and collectively pull together uh, to make some, some true difference, to yeah. actualize you know, what we've been ta- going around in the traffic circle about. Right. Since Danelda's paper in 2006, that had some really great points about how we can do this. And like, that's awesome information. Okay, I'm just gonna, okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, well, you know what, what might be, you know, might be sort of a, a positive uh, reflection on that too that I'm thinking about as, I, as I'm listening to, uh, to, to your um, words. We do now have, and I, I thought about this when I, you know, when I was looking at your Healwell um, work, I, I, I thought about this. We do actually now have, however they are in silos, we have silos of excellence in subfields of the field of massage therapy. Yes. So, so oncology um, massage is is one of those areas. Just just as an example. And so, so if I think I think about you know Healwell and, and others that are doing uh, oncology work, um, I would say uh, you know we, we have uh, silos of excellence in um, uh, you know uh, pain. Mm-hmm. massage therapy and pain um, uh, you mentioned Nikki Monk and so um, uh, you know talk about unsung excellent yeah. fr- frameworks Truly. Right? so 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 Nikki has 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 um, you know done the heavy lifting yes. on the utilization of some really complex frameworks and 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 we we haven't picked that up and and I mentioned that in in my dissertation um, and in my defense that you know that um, the it's it's hard slog and work. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. This the this the idea of of crafting um, um, profession specific frameworks, theories, and models is uh, it's 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 very effortful. But we do have some of that work. So so I might offer. What if we think about this time um, that we try and break down some of those silos where there is excellence within the field. Mm-hmm. So when when I when I started off um, um, uh, after um, my uh, master's thesis and, and into the um, uh, doctoral work, I was interested in integrative uh, oncology. And I actually um, pitched a proposal uh, uh, related to that uh, topic, and then circumstances changed, um, and uh, and it was in fact, um, you know, it, it seemed as though it was going to be a direction that was going to be too hard to to pursue con- contextually uh, here. Um, you know, I, I was running up against some you know, what I would call negative opinion leaders. And so I switched gears. I, 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 I've, I've gotten wily enough in my time to realize that, you know, don't, don't be smashing your head on that door. Just yes. go to another door that's open. That's right. Uh, uh, so, so that's what I did. But I'm aware of the fact that there is excellence within that specific subdomain. Um, so maybe that's what we need to be thinking about because I don't know about the work that's going. I mean, I say I'm aware of it, but I'm I'm only cursory aware of it. Um, so maybe we need to be breaking down those silos. So I'm going to add my fourth point onto what okay. we use, what we use this pause for. Yeah. We use this pause to look in. 
um, for our own you know, self-care and self-actualization and, and insight. And we, we look at integrating um, massage therapy into the um, system by, by looking at what the system uh, needs. And then we also look at what we can take out of the dominant system to integrate in, into massage therapy. And we integrate with all the interprofessional um, um, uh, care as well and and see how are other um, fields bringing humanity back into their uh, care physicians are doing it nurses are doing it let's you know let's borrow some of those ideas but I'm going to put that fourth point that let's take this opportunity to uh, to study and read up on what domains that aren't necessarily our interest are doing and doing well so what's going on in the world of, uh, of fascial um, uh, work that um, could inform my, my work in um, pain? What's going on in integrative oncology that could inform the musculoskeletal um, uh, groups? I'm gonna add that fourth idea. Oh, thank you for saying the F word. <laughs> that makes my day, of course. <laughs> But no, I, th I think that's so important. You know, one of the things that Nancy Keeney Smith and I did when we were, we were writing our book was to really take a deep dive into the wound healing science. You know, yep. not necessarily massage therapy science per se, but we really wanted to understand the process of wound healing because yep. our book was about scar tissue and, and how does problematic scar tissue develop. So in order to really understand how it develops and what my hands may or may not be able to do about it, we had to really understand the process of wound healing. So I think there are, are great ways that we can capitalize on this amazing work that's out there that we yeah. don't necessarily think as, say, massage therapy research per se, yeah. but it's so important to inform Agreed. what we do clinically. So yeah. I, yeah, I think that's such a critical piece. We were just putting, um, we were putting together a series of six um, webinars about working with the pediatric population. And this morning we were just finalizing the slides around the neurological and autoimmune conditions. And, you know, we, we sort of walked through it and got done and went like, so? And I was like, no, see, we're falling into the trap of massage therapy says, so why does this matter to massage therapy? I'm not going to connect those dots for you. It will, you will treat you will work with these patients differently because you now understand this condition. It's your job to decide how that matters to massage, but I'm not gonna turn it into, you should know about Ehlers-Danlos because this is how it works for massage. Because part of evidence-based practice is because I know about this condition, I'm going to work with people who are living with this and I'm going to see what happens and I'm gonna write it down and I'm gonna try something else and then I'm gonna write that down. And you know, we, I think we really have gotten into this mentality of spoon feeding that if it's not about massage, it's not important to me. Yeah. And yeah, I think really broadening our perspective will be a big part of moving forward. Well, and it speaks to the critical thinking piece. Um, I think the spoon feeding in our profession has one, been one of our biggest downfalls. Yeah. Um, massage therapy programs uh, here in Canada, for sure. So much information has to be, so much learning is jammed into a particular time frame. This information comes at us so fast. Yeah. So the, those people identified as the good teachers are the ones that just spoon feed the information, bullet points, here you go, here's the information, this is what you need to pass your, your registration exam. It's pushed at us so fast. So unfortunately, right from the get-go, 
we are raised in that kind of concept. So then when we get out into practice, it makes it that much more difficult for us to start to develop our critical thinking abilities. So I think the spoon feeding piece has been one of our biggest downfalls. And I think it ties into um, shortening the courses, shortening the courses, shortening the courses, because that makes more money for private schools because they don't have to pay instructors for as long period of time. I think there's a lot of things that tie into that. We'll yeah. get into that in this segment, but I think the spoon feeding piece is, is one of our, like it's an exit that takes us off a very deep cliff. Yeah. Well, so, and as you said, you're left to develop the critical thinking. Yeah. It's not, it's not baked in. <laughs> no. So, so now, so now that's one of our potential exit points on our uh, traffic circle. This is an opportunity for each of us to really have to engage in our own correlational thinking mm -hmm. about our lives, about our careers, about um, keeping our families safe, mm -hmm. about um, uh, keeping our, ourselves well about what we're going to do next. So this is an opportunity imposed upon us by this pandemic where it is not possible for others to think for us. Uh -huh. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm absolutely optimistic that it's going to be an opportunity for us to devise some great insights on an individual basis and on a collective basis and uh, go on to the next great adventure. Yeah. The next great adventure. I think that's a great way to close out this segment. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we and I I think um, I think the only thing I would add to that because of course I can't not add to that is um, <laughs> one of the things that occurred to me while you were both talking is that I think what we're really um, what we're doing and this is going to sound hilarious because we've been talking about papers written as long ago as 2006 and even before that, but that this conversation, this podcast, this work is still appealing to what I would call the early adopters. You know, and I think there's been a hesitation around moving in this direction for some therapists because this isn't the way the profession is going, quote unquote. And the more that we can appeal to people who can see this as a direction to go in, the more critical mass we build and the more we move from that hump of early adopters to adoption. Um, and, and I think that there's a real push within the profession to do that. I think there just needs to be that really bold, humble leadership to say, this is, yeah. this is where we're, this is where we want to be anyway. You know, let's, let's just go there. <laughs> let's get out of our own way and, and get off the exit. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Um, well, I think, um, Donelda, we're going to have to have you back on. I'm sorry to, to tell you that, but you're going to have to spend some more time with us, I think. So, um, it it has been such a pleasure and something that I would be delighted to engage in anytime. Excellent. So uh, thank you all for joining us uh, today on Massage Therapy Without Borders. I feel like we have done you a little bit of a disservice because last episode we promised you we would start with a pun. So we're going to end with a pun. And, um, and I'm just going to share with you that I really miss the days of being a massage therapist for deer. Just made me feel like a million bucks. Right? <laughs> So good. You're welcome. Oh, um, <laughs> nice. So with on that note, um, please uh, download us, share us, please write a review and uh, let other people know why you listen and 
stick with us. If, you, uh, if you're an early adopter and this conversation and, and issues like this uh, feel important to you, we're gonna dig in with all kinds of uh, experts and um, people who won't let us call them experts and send us your questions at info at H-E-A-L-W-E-L-L.org. We'll look forward to hearing from you and we hope you'll look forward to hearing from us. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks. Thanks so much, Donelda. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. Massage Therapy Without Borders is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. Send us feedback at info at healwell.org. That's info at H-E-A-L-W-E-L-L.org. And please check out our classes at healwell.org. New episodes will be available weekly via your favorite podcast app and on Healwell's Facebook page. Thanks for listening.